songs. Three songs. Three songs. Three songs. Bobby Mike, it's Bobby and Mike. 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 Three songs. Three songs. Three songs podcast. December 4th edition, 2017. Uh, I believe it's episode 29, and it is Bob and Mike. It's just not the usual Bob. In in his place, Mr. Bob Nastanovich is replaced for this show by Mr. Bob Ham. Welcome, Bob. Hi. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. So uh, your first time on the show, but you and I, boy, how long how long have we known each other, sir? Oh, wow. That's a good question. I, it's at least 15 years, if not longer. I was going to guess 15. Yeah, you're yeah. probably right. But uh but yeah, good to talk to you. Uh, yeah. Obviously, we both lived in Portland for a long time. I'm not there anymore. You're on the outskirts. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad you could join me. Yeah. Thanks for the invitation. I'm a big fan of the show. Well, you are. Uh, you're probably at least uh, in recent music. You're probably much more knowledgeable than me. So. <laughs> um, uh, because you, you keep, I think it's your day job to keep up on, uh, on all of this stuff. So, uh, I hope I, and I know I'm going to learn something cause I don't know any of the three songs that you brought tonight. And oh, very cool. Of course, the idea is we each bring three songs, we play them, we talk about them and we learn something. We have some fun in the meantime. So, uh, before we start with your song, your first okay. song. Um, why don't you, I'm going to ask you the same questions that I asked, uh, Mr. Jack Houston, our, our oh, mutual okay. friend last week when he, when he was guest host. Um, and we'll start with, uh, what was the first album you ever bought? If memory serves, I think the first album I ever bought, uh, with my own money was, uh, actually the queen is dead by the Smiths. Ooh. Um, yeah, I was by, what was, what, what was that? 86, I think when that came yeah, out. Sounds about right. 86, so I would have been 11 years old. Yeah, and wow. just one of those things that I think, uh, was, I don't know, it's one of those things I have. I have an older brother, and he was really uh, influential as far as, you know, as older brothers are about, you know, a lot of musical stuff and, you know, uh, introducing me to a lot of really, really cool bands. And that was one of them. And I think I got it to sort of be like, oh, hey, look, I'm, you know, I'm on the level with you. <laughs> and then he found a way to talk me out of the record, like of giving it to him. So he would tape it on one side of a, of, you know, a 90 minute TDK cassette and then put other stuff on the other side of the tape. Like, oh, it's a totally fair trade, right? And I was so like, you know, in awe of my older brother. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> That's, it's, it's funny, I, you know, similar story for me in a way, but like sort of, and, and um, I can say this because my sister probably will not be listening, but it's like the opposite <laughs> story where it was like the, the uncool older sister uh, who who wanted me to, wanted to herself to buy Bee Gees Spirits Having Flown, um, which had just been released, and she conned her little brother into buying it. Um, and, and, and I got it home, and I was like, I don't like this. So I think I traded her Foreigner 4 for that one. Um, <laughs> if you know the record, it's the one, it's it's post-Saturday Night Fever. It's the one that the hit oh, yeah. was, was Tragedy. Yeah. Which is, I think, like the, the one good song on that it, record. It, it probably was. I, yeah. Memory doesn't really serve me very well on that one, but... Uh, <laughs> 
But yeah, well, uh, you have a much, much better uh, first album story than I do, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, from the beginning, you you had some serious new wave chops. Uh, so you were 11 at the time. And then once you hit high school, who, who was your favorite band in high school? Oh, uh, well, I think uh, like most people in high school in the early 90s, you know, I got caught up in the swell of grunge and uh, the sub pop scene. So it was listening to a lot of Nirvana and Mudhoney and Soundgarden and, and folks like that. So, of course, the Northwest. What, yeah, because you grew up in the Northwest. Yeah, I did grow up in the Northwest here. So, uh, but I don't know about favorites. I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, you I was can, really stuck on the Smiths too, still then. I uh, listened to a lot of XTC, which is yeah. uh, still something I listen to a lot today. So, but yeah, just think of like, you know, favorites. Yeah, it's probably, I'm probably going to be the, the the nerd and just probably Nirvana was probably the one that really, you know, was the one that I was really obsessed with for a while, for sure. Understandable though. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right. The uh, last question before we get into your first song was, uh, is there, can you think of an album and it can be any album at any point in your music listening experience that just when you heard it, it kind of opened new doors or was like a pivot point for you? Uh, and you can even pick up a couple if you want um but anything that jumps out is like the minute you heard that it was like whoa where has this been all my life <laughs> yeah i think the the one that leaps to mind uh was an oval record you know oval oh sure yeah yeah so it was uh what is it discount i think it was 94 i think it's what it yeah 94 discount is what it was called um and it was, uh, I think I might have read about it in an issue of The Wire. Like, I just was sort of introduced to that magazine uh, after moving here to Portland, like in the late 90s. And there was an issue of the record, or the issue of the magazine that was called, it's probably the, either the 100 or 200 uh, records that turned the, that set the world on fire. And so it's all these different writers writing about these, you know, very important and influential records. And that was one of them that came up. And I was like, this just sounds really amazing. And then, uh, yeah, I picked up a copy of it from Music Millennium here in Portland, mm -hmm. big record store. And yeah, it was mind blowing. Just like this total, um, I, I guess the, the way the way Marcus Pop made it is I think he like recorded some synths and uh, drum machine parts onto a CD and then painted and scratched up the CDs and played them back and sampled that. So it just became these really disjointed yet strangely beautiful um, compositions that he came up with as a result. Yeah, I love it. It's back in the day before we had the internet and music readily available when you'd read record reviews and be like, that sounds great. I got to go yeah. check that out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you seek it out, you buy it, you know, without even ever having heard a second of the record. Yes. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, you know yeah, and you read these like you know Rolling Stone like best of lists from from different artists, and it's like the people that I admired was like, oh, if they like this, this obviously must be good. And so that was a big deal as well, right. Absolutely. All right. well, let's um let's transition. Maybe that's a good transition into your first tune. Uh, sure. Why don't you tell me you brought three songs. Um, I'll let you pick the order. I think we talked a little bit about uh, where you want yeah. to start, but uh, tell me about the first one. Yeah, I wanted to play uh, something by Total Control, uh, which is a band from Australia. I don't know if you're familiar with the groups um, Eddie Current Suppression Ring or UV Race or any of those guys. No. Well, UV Race, yes. 
Yeah, so it's like this, you know, really uh, vibrant underground uh, rock scene that's going on in Australia right now. It's still going on. Uh, and these, so this is just like a group that uh, combined a couple of guys from each of those groups, at least one guy from the Eddie Current Suppression Ring and I think a couple of guys from UV Race and just some different, I think most of the guys in this band, there's five guys in the band. I think most of them play in like two or three different bands in and around uh, the scene in, um, where is it, Melbourne is where they're from. So uh, it's it's really great. Like I, I, this is another record that I I stumbled across, and I was on a trip to Seattle with our mutual friend Ryan Matheson. Uh, we stopped at Olympia and was in a, a a record store, and they were playing this band's first record over the sound system. And I was like, "What the hell is this? This is incredible! It's this weird mix of really uh, heady uh, garage rock and punk, and then these like really odd synth interludes and stuff." And it was the first record by Total Control, and so I found it. And then uh, that was uh, Henge Beat is the name of it. And then three years later, they did a new record uh, called Typical System in 2014 and yeah just uh, more of the same but like a lot cleaner production and a lot more straightforward uh songwriting on it so uh yeah one of, one of the best records i've heard in the last few years wow that's quite the intro let's let's check it out uh total right. control and the name of this one's flesh war right right all right here we go
Total Control. That was cool, Bob. You like that one? Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a throwback to the early 80s. Yes. Um, but, you know, it didn't feel dated, you know, or too dated. It felt no, it no. felt it still felt like current and fresh and interesting and it wasn't like it was just a retread, but it was like very familiar in a very good way. Yeah, yeah. It scratches that that nice like minimalist post punk itch that, you know, we got some of the you know, with groups like or people like Gary Newman and mm-hmm. uh I can't think of other examples right sound? now, but yeah, just that, that sort of sound. You know what I mean? The sound. They remind me of the yeah. sound. I mean, of course, Joy Division a little bit. Yes, uh, yes. There's a lot of that going on. Yeah. yeah. But uh, very cool. Uh, I like them. And it would also, of of newer bands, reminds me just a little bit, like not necessarily the same instrumentation, but the same sort of vibe as maybe Blank Realm. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of the stuff on Drag City, for sure, yeah, that even, they've been doing lately. Even Crocodiles to an extent. Yeah, yeah, I um, could hear a bit of that. Yeah, and and I love both those bands, so. Absolutely. That was a fun one. That's fun. Um, before we uh, before we transition into one of my songs that I brought, um, okay. let's, let's also catch up, you know, both for me and for everybody listening. What do you, I know you've been in some bands, you've been in a number of bands. Um, yeah. And uh, you're also a writer. Don't you tell me what you've been doing lately, both musically, um, yourself as far as playing music, but also writing about music and being involved in other ways. Okay. Yeah. Well, I haven't been actually playing music in a while. Uh, ever since, because uh, I was playing with Wow and Flutter, there was a there was a period where they were they were a, we were a five piece. There was two drummers and two guitar players and a bassist. And so it was really, you know, full, heavy sound. But uh, that uh, went by the wayside. Uh, so I've been playing music in a while. But, uh, you know, that's still something I'd like to get back into. Mostly I've just been concentrating on, on writing. And um, so right now, you know, my job essentially is as the assistant music editor at Pace Magazine, uh, which is just helping uh, oversee all the album reviews that get published every day. And now, because it's towards the end of the year, dealing with a lot of like the you know, best of the year nonsense. Uh, I don't know. I call it nonsense. It's fun, but it's also just like you know, so much work to put all that crap together. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's a little exhausting. But yeah, and it's writing for a lot of different venues. Uh, I've done stuff for Billboard, for Rolling Stone, uh, the Village Voice. Um, done some stuff for Pitchfork. A lot of stuff here locally, like the Portland Mercury, and a little bit for the Oregonian. So yeah, just you know, keep as busy as I can with all that. Well, that's and uh, I mean, obviously, you said you stumbled upon that by going into a record store, but uh, that's how. Uh, I'll be honest; like, I only in fits and starts have have stayed current in uh, in all of the music that's going on these days. But uh, I'm sure because you get sent a lot of it, it makes it a lot easier to stay fresh and have your ear to the ground. Yeah, it's. A, it, I mean. I'd like to think that I would be doing it anyway, just thanks to the the world of uh, broadband internet connections. But uh, yeah, it does help that you know I get a lot of fun stuff sent to me in the mail and a lot of stuff via email. So, oh. but yeah, I, I was curious about that because listening to old episodes of the show, I mean, I know a lot of the stuff that y- you guys talk about. There is some new stuff, but a lot of it does tend to, to lean towards the uh, the older material, which is fine. But yeah, some of it is. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've uh, I've got a young kid. You know what it's like. You right. have a young kid. It's <laughs> It's it's hard to stay uh, current when um, yeah the the music that you're listening to is often 
uh, things like wheels on the bus. So <laughs> has he has has Teddy, uh, if you don't mind me saying his name, uh, no, has fine. he has he uh, found like music that you've played for him that he's gotten into, like more contemporary stuff or more rock stuff? Um, yeah, I mean, a little bit. Um, but, you know, I mean, it kind of comes and goes like when he was really little, he loved um, Bob Dylan. <laughs> Love okay. Bob Dylan, yeah, and he he um and he he gets like just fascinated with albums themselves, like the physical record, like picking it right. up, like the the one that he was, I mean, not even necessarily listening to the music. I mean, he kind of likes it. He likes if you put it on, he'll just dance. Like one of the beauties of having a four year old is all music is new, right? You know? There's no preconceptions about sound or what's cool or what's not or any of that sort of stuff so he'll he'll put on the radio we got him a little portable radio he'll put it on he'll turn it to any station he'll find he'll stop and he'll be like listen to this and it's the (laughs) spanish station playing puerto rican music and he'll dance to that for a little bit and then he'll change it and he'll be like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. And it's like this woman opera singer. And he'll wow. stop and listen. He'll be like, can you hear that? It's so beautiful. And then he'll, and then he'll, you know, and it's really, so that's really cool. I haven't really tried to force feed him in any of my tastes necessarily, but yeah, I have yeah. shown him some records and he really, really like, like just likes the actual albums themselves. And he picked up, uh, Billy Bragg's talking with the tax man about poetry. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the, the city's, it's, it's eating the city. The city's eating money. You know, it's like he's looking at the album cover, like very, very literally. And he kept oh, talking wow. for days about, I want I want to hear the record where the, the city is eating the money. <laughs> and I'm like, I've looked at that album a hundred times. And I, I didn't even realize that that's what the drawing was, you know. Right. So... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, yeah, um, with 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 my son, you know, uh, he has been getting into music a little a lot more uh, over the last few years. But it's mostly the stuff that I, you know, I just play whatever I I would usually listen to around the house. And sometimes he gets attracted to things, other times not. He, I mean, he likes a lot of really poppy stuff. But uh, sure. he did he did uh, like we were you know in the backyard playing like a satellite radio station or something like that we were doing yard work and rockaway beach by the the ramones came on he got really excited like this is the greatest song i've ever heard and so i thought i was being dad of the year like i think it was for christmas this year last year uh where i got him a copy of rocket to russia like the a vinyl copy of it because he has a record player in his room and he was sort of excited about it, like, oh, it's Rockaway Beach, okay. And then uh, it, was, it was a couple days later, he was listening to it, and it's like, boy, I don't know about this record. They're talking about all sorts of really bad stuff on this record. <laughs> so how old is yeah. he? He's 10 now. Ten? So okay, like so he he's processing it a yeah. little more, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> that didn't go over very well. That's, that's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cl- closest to that recently was uh, Teddy was watching – some Scooby-Doo movie where Kiss was on, uh, <laughs> and and he really like shouted out loud, like he was running around singing "Shouted Out Loud" afterwards. <laughs> so, oh man, I'd yeah. love to see that. Yeah. Uh, it's fun. Um, all right, well, let's get back to some. I'll play. I'll play something else. You mentioned um, on Twitter after I. You know, it's funny uh, playing doing these shows with Jack 
prior to you, you know, I mean, I'll be like, I'm playing this and be like, never heard it. That's fine. And he doesn't like no prep work. He just shows up, <laughs> we talk, <laughs> you know, you like within moments, I'm like, I'm thinking of playing blam, blam, blam. And, uh, I think probably the first thing you did was you Google blam, 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 and like yeah. found some old songs on YouTube. They're, I'm sure you discovered they're a, uh, early eighties band from New Zealand. Um, one of the few early 80s bands from New Zealand that was not involved with Flying Nun uh, right. or or later in the 80s, Expressway. Um, but they put out a, an album and they put out a couple seven inches. I think it all got collected into a uh, CD of the, the complete blam, blam, blam. Just a fun, good New Zealand band, good songs. Um yeah, so uh, let's let's play that. This is from uh, a seven inch from 1981. It's called "There Is No Depression in New Zealand." <laughs>
that's a great song. Oh my gosh. <laughs> those guys are so where did you find those guys? Like how did you stumble across that? I think I, I found that on a music blog. There was a really, really good um music blog that it's probably long since dead, um, that was focused only on New Zealand stuff. And, okay. You know, it played it played, it posted a lot of you know, the typical things uh, that you'd expect, but um, it also went a, a little deeper and um, just all over the place. It posted that 10 years ago, maybe. Um, wow. Yeah. I'd never heard anything about them. I don't even know what happened to any of the guys in the band. I, as far as I know, they didn't splinter off and go into other bands that went on to be anything, but maybe they did. I don't know. I think I think from from the little bit of research I did, they did do some stuff uh, after the band split up in like the the mid '80s or something like that. Though I think that the, the most fascinating note that I just found out about was uh, one of the members of the band, Tim Mann. Uh, says there was a, they had a, a van crash when they were on tour, and uh, Tim Mann, who I don't know what his role is in the group, but. Uh, he apparently like almost died and and his can't like he suffered a permanent loss of smell. Wow, which is like the, one of the craziest things. So obviously some sort of brain damage of some kind. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. Um, but to your knowledge, did you find anything? See, this is the other nice thing about having you on, Bob. Is I can <laughs> I can drop a name of a band and, and then you actually do the research. Uh, <laughs> Did you find, um, were, did they end up, any of them go on to other bands that ended up recording anything as far as you could tell? Or I think so. Uh, let me look here, because I was looking at that, and I think, uh, what did it say here? Oh, I lost it. I think there was a band called the Mutton Birds that one of the guys in the group okay. went on. I think I've actually at. heard yeah. of them, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And it's a group, uh, something called Big Sideways is another group that I think one of the two of the guys were part of so they you know they still got around for a while and i think don mcglasson who's it, was in the group i think he's still making music today as a solo artist nice well it's funny after i sent you that text uh and then you you found some stuff on youtube you 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 honed in on a song called uh don't fight it marsha marsha it's bigger than both of us which <laughs> which is actually from their their i think their only full-length record uh um, yeah and it's it's much more of a Bowie-esque kind of new wave feel. Um, yeah, they were but, getting a lot more to synthesizers and stuff at yeah, that point. But very 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 cool song as well. Um, but yeah, they're 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 a fun band for sure. Nice. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought those guys to my <laughs> attention. I'm really going to check out some more of their stuff if I can. Yeah. Well, and uh, you know, I mean, I think you if you if you're so inclined to seek them out, I think you can you you know. Actually, the album goes for you know like twenty, but fairly reasonably priced, like twenty bucks, twenty five bucks um, on Discogs. Some of the seven inches are, are a little harder to find, and sure, I, like, I think that one that I just played is is posted for fifty if you're feeling particularly flush. <laughs> Not at the moment. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, you know, you and I, I think both share that real fascination with a lot of the music from New Zealand. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's such a crazy, you know, this this small island that has been so uh, so vital to the music scene of the world. Between you know bands like this, or you know the Flying Nun scene, like you're talking about, or even Crowded House, you know, mm-hmm. I mean those were, you know, yeah, split ends, yeah, split ends for sure. yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I mean, if to think about how tiny that island is, but how many great musicians have come from there, it's right. You know, it's. 
Incredible. Have you ever been? I have never been. No, I really want to go sometime. Nor no, you? Have I. No, no. Maybe we can Ugh. make a maybe we can make a pilgrimage together. But yeah. I mean, and, and again, maybe this is just my own per- personal lack of knowledge. I know that there have been some bands. There's still bands going on there. Um, but uh, you know what I know of is you know, 80s, 90s, even early 2000s, I don't really know of too many current New Zealand artists, um, or at least independent artists. I know I know, Flying Nun is still a going concern. I know that for a while they were just doing a lot of reissues of their older right, stuff, but... Right. Um, well, the, they sold the, it and an then album? they bought it Go back, ahead. right? Didn't he? What's that? Didn't didn't the original founding member or the 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 guy who started the label didn't I think his name is Roger didn't he didn't he sell it and then he bought it back and yeah yeah, yeah. he sold it to like one of the majors out there or something like that right and yeah he got he got it the rights to a lot of that stuff back yeah right. uh, but I was gonna say that the the one there's a an, an artist who records with the name Phaser Days um, F A Z E R D A Z E it's a, a female artist and. Her stuff is really great. I think she's on Flying Nun, but there's a record she put out this year that was uh, really quite good, like really, you know, great uh, jumpy, you know, post-punk pop stuff. See, this is partly why I had you on, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) I know you'd know the newer stuff. I got to check them out. Uh, All right. Well, let's let's move on to your second tune that you brought. Yeah. Um, this this one was a, a bit of a, a shot in the dark in, in a sense for 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 you because I, I don't know if uh, are you a hip hop fan at all? Do you follow that world at all? Uh, to, to an extent, yeah. I mean, I there's uh, certainly much more knowledgeable about the older hip hop, but uh, sure. I, I do appreciate a good hip hop too now and then. Yeah, so I thought this one in particular, I thought you'd really enjoy because this is a, re- a much newer hip hop song. It's from this uh, this rapper from South Central who goes by the name Schoolboy Q, and this is another 2014 release. So he released this record Oxymoron, which was really really fantastic. Um, but this song in particular, I don't, I'm, I was obsessed with this song for about six or eight months or something like that uh, because it's you know it's Schoolboy Q. He's got a, a guest shot on here by Kendrick Lamar, who's another South Central guy who is you know a huge right now. Uh, and I think one of the other things that stands out about this song is that there's actually a female producer who helped uh, make the beat for this song. You can hear her sort of singing backup on this as well, which is uh, strangely still a rarity in the hip hop world. Hmm, cool. All right. Well, let's let's check it out. It's called Color Greens. Uh, Schoolboy Q. Lose it, then don't make it numb Blow it, baby, no Saddam Icky, 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 
Fucking in the car service, thank you for the car, bro Chromosome thoughtful, probably off a narco And gas, not the arco Poppin' since the intro, you shopping from the window Play my favorite tempo, oh, oh Luxury, chitty ching ching Could buy anything, cop that, oh, oh Collard greens, three degrees low Make it hot for me, drop that, oh, oh This your favorite song Translation Ven aquí mami así culao Tu quiero que mi huevo Si papi mores Espero chupase puto bendejo El pinche cabron Let's get it Nice like this I'm a night like this Sword in my hand I fight like this And I'm more than a man I'm a god Bitch touche on guard Two bay drop and a two tits Pop out of that tank top and bra And when I say do 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 Bitch that BK does She wants some more of this I give her more of this I owe her this In fact I know she missed the way I floored this I'm focused I know my Houston partners drop a four on this Alright, let me blow this bitch up famous I blame this on you Cash in the fur, I hang get my penthouse roof Skyline the clearest, watch it, your optics Poppin' out, you look the weirdest Pop my top on the 105 Head with no power steering, ah Oh, oh, luxury Chitty ching ching, could buy anything Cop that, oh, oh Collard greens, three degrees low Make it hot for me, drop that So, you know, it's funny that that's considered hip-hop or rap, and it's probably very popular these days, but, like, to me, it almost feels like experimental music. 
Yeah, and I think that's why I uh, am so attracted to that song in particular because the production of that is so, you know, unlike a lot of the, you know, the sort of the trap scene that's still, you know, going on nowadays. I mean, it seems like it's got, uh, you know, a really great sort of uh, almost craft work influence mm-hmm. in, in there as well. And it's a lot of like weird noise in the background of it. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know even the vocals, it's it's less about the lyrics and more about the sounds that they make, and a lot of experimenting with different kinds of sounds. Yeah, uh, both rhythmically and melodically, and yeah, that was that was cool. I, I didn't know what to make of that one, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, you know, I mean, I I heard the name, um, but I'd never heard any of his stuff, and I, I liked that. That was really cool. Excellent, excellent, yeah. Oh, definitely. So how many, does he had a number of albums come out, or is that... He has had a couple since then, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there was one that came out last year called Blank Face. Uh, yeah, I think that's the last thing he put out, and that was that one gets even more crazy and psychedelic, so that was, that's quite a good one. Cool, I'll have to check him out. But uh, Yeah. No, I, I like that, and you know, it's, it's weird because... Uh, you know, for me, it's like a dark corner. Like, I don't know, I don't even know where to start in a lot of ways. Um, but I like that because, like I said, it just feels like, almost feels like someone experimenting and having fun with sounds. And that's yeah. that's one of the things I love about, like, you know, I haven't really played much of what you'd call experimental music. But, like, even mm-hmm. though, I don't know if you listened to the show where I did... Uh, Simon Wickham Smith, Richard Young's. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's like it almost has a similar feel in a weird way. Um, what it it's musically, genre-wise, nothing to do with each other other than playing with rhythms, playing with sounds. You know, coming from completely different backgrounds and completely different approaches. Um, and I, I like that. I mean, that's one of the things I I, I wanted. I like doing with the show is just like right you know all sounds are good you know <laughs> yeah I think you know it's a really interesting time for hip hop because I think there's a lot of there's a, a few artists that are really starting to delve into the world of uh, the experimental electronic scene and I mean some of it's more danceable than, than others but you know the the most recent uh, record by this guy Vince Staples that uh, came out this year called Big Fish Theory has a lot of like really crazy instrumental tracks behind him uh, from people who started this label called PC Music and there's a guy who records under the name uh i think it's lucine um it's folks like that you know they're they're, they're uh, even drake is sort of getting into the the euro uh electronic scene in a really interesting way so it's it's pretty great to hear them taking from those influences uh as much as i love you know the earlier stuff where they're you know pulling from all these you know jazz and and soul and r&b records from the 60s and 70s you know this you know rather future looking stuff is really cool too Nice. Yeah. I mean, I've heard a little bit of that stuff. Um, I've heard a little bit of the Kendrick Lamar stuff. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely check out more of Schoolboy Q. Thank you. Sure. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna take it way back to the early 70s. Really excited uh, for this one. Yeah. Did you? Okay. So I told you the name of the band. Did you do much research on them? I, I looked up the name. I looked up the band a little bit. I uh, saw that if I have it right there from Nigeria and yeah. I know a little bit about the, the music scene there, but uh, mostly like guys like King Sonny Ade, who does like the, you know, very sort of slack key guitar stuff. So I don't know what I'm in for, which I'm really excited about. 
Yeah, so I'm going to play something from um, 1973 from Nigeria, as you said. Um, the band is called, I think they're pronounced Ofege. Ofege? Ofege. O-F-E-G-E is the way you spell it. Um, and they're a group, um, when this album was recorded in 73, I think they were all teenagers. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm not going to say too much more about it. Let's play it and then we'll talk about it. All right. All right. It's Ofiji, Ofiji, Ofiji. We'll call it, we'll go with that. Um, the song is Nobody Fall, Nobody, yeah, Nobody Falls, even though they say Nobody Fails, so.
Fagey. 1973, that was for their first album called Try and Love. I think the name of that song actually is Nobody Fails. I just had it labeled wrong. (laughs) That was fantastic. Yeah, fun stuff, huh? Yeah, I you know really great psychedelic edge to that song, which is oh my that's my that's my wheelhouse right there. <laughs> well, you DJ, I know. So I do. Yeah, I've been doing that quite a bit lately. That yeah. would be a fun one to play for people. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't have a lot of like that Afrobeat stuff. Most of the like most of the African records I have these days are, are a lot of you know guitar stuff from uh, East Africa, like Mali and Kenya. So you know, uh, really to get some more of the Afrobeat stuff for sure. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know really much about them other than that record, which is fantastic. Um, yeah. Seek it out if you can find it. Um, and, I mean, I'm sure it's been reissued a bunch. I'm sure you could find it on vinyl somewhere without paying yeah. too much for it. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, I think I saw a copy of it on Discogs for like $375 or something <laughs> like that, an original. <laughs> I don't know if you need that, but <laughs> yeah, I'm not about that. I'm, I'm, I like the record a little bit, but let's not get too crazy here. So, uh, is that another sort of like blog find of yours? Yeah, yeah, you know. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's uh, look, man. I, I've got a four-year-old. <laughs> I, I live I, like just. I, I lived in Manhattan for three years before we moved here about a year ago. Uh, I have not gone to see a rock show in years. It's like, oh wow, there's there's live music in this city, really. You know, it's just it's uh, <laughs> my life. Uh, you know, it's okay. No, it, it's the it's, way it it's, goes. It's, Actually, it's, I believe the last live show I might have seen was the Doug Fur. Um, oh, jeez. With uh, with Jack. Actually, I was the ex. Um, probably almost five years ago now. <laughs> Wow, the the Dutch band, the X. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh nice. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I got yeah. that right. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I you know, but that's you know, that's called growing up. You know, I mean, that's that's I found tons of great stuff through through you know blogs that I follow. So you know, I don't begrudge anyone. You know, however they find music. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just uh, these days, you know, it used to be you'd buy a record and then you'd hear a band that said, "Oh, I like this record," and then you'd buy that record. Now it's like you seek it out on the blogs yeah (laughs) (laughs) so uh so yeah glad you like that one that's a fun one definitely yeah uh all right well um your last song is another one that i don't know and you i like that you i didn't even tell you to do so i was kind of hoping you would bring current stuff and yeah uh, yeah, just just like I said, from looking at like you know listening to previous shows and looking at the track list from previous shows, I was like, okay, I could probably bring some new stuff in here and <laughs> hopefully blow his mind just a little bit. So we'll see. So far, so good, man. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, the third thing I was going to play is by this group Meat Bodies, um, and this is a, a great sort of garage psych band uh, from that really crazy incestuous LA scene that's happening right now that sort of surrounded surrounded the nucleus. It's like Ty Seagal and Michael Cronin and those guys. Sure. Uh, so one of the guys in the group, uh, Chad Ubovich, I think he leads the group, I think that's how you say his name. He's in the band Fuzz with Michael Cronin and Ty Seagal. And yeah, they've been doing this this band for a few years now. And this actually, this is a record that actually came out this year. It's one of my favorite records of this year hmm. called Alice. And it's, uh, I mean, I really haven't gotten too deep into the whole, they say it's a concept record. I haven't really gotten too deep into the storyline behind it. Uh, I just know that I, you know, love 
you know, going on drives and listening to this record. This is like this beautiful, uh, you know, it's a lot mellow, a little mellower than their previous records, but it's just as 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 loud and as psychedelic as as their stuff has always been. So I think you're gonna like this one. Okay, let's play it. Uh, Haunted History is the name of the song. Meat bodies. <laughs> cool uh, space rock. like that one yeah space rock man yeah exactly <laughs> space prog rock <laughs> or, yeah or, you can tell these guys listen to a lot of Hawkwind and black sabbath so yeah glam glam prog yeah that was cool yeah i i know i know some of those i mean i, I don't know chad ubovich um necessarily but i certainly mm-hmm. have heard the ty seagal michael cronin stuff uh um, yeah 
so that that was that's cool i'll check that out yeah do you, do you, you still buy a lot of records I, I imagine uh yeah you know as much as i can yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We were just that you know, you and I were having a text conversation earlier this week about you know estate sales and things yeah. like that. So I was wondering if you were still you know diving into that world. Uh, you know, I I wish I God Portland really. You have it lucky, man, because um, I can't find anything like the network of estate sales that 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 I used to go to at Portland. Um, in the background, you're hearing rags. She's poor little rags. She's got a little. Uh, she's got a little little cough um yeah but um but yeah there's that website that i sent you estatesale-finder.com i lived at that you know like Mm -hmm. every week i would check it out and the beauty of it is the estate sale companies they have no idea about anything in terms of vinyl they just know vinyl is vinyl and there's some of them they will price it for a buck a record some of them they price it for two bucks a record they almost never individually price records unless it's like the Beatles, Elvis Presley, right? Bands, bands that they've heard of, artists that they've heard of. Um, so you can find some amazing stuff, and they maybe the thing is they don't even highlight. They'll take pictures. They don't even highlight the records. Like maybe you'll get one picture of a box of records and be like, oh, it's, you know, but you have no idea. So you almost have to look at the other stuff they've photographed to to try and discern whether it's worth your time. Is it a bunch of Mantovani, the the stuff that the person has, are they likely to have a bunch of old soundtracks of, of, of movies and easy listening and Mantovani strings? Or, um, you know, do they have like, uh, I don't know motorcycle stuff and you know weird old crazy out there just strange collectors other items in which yeah. case maybe they'll have some vinyl too so um but you know if I could find something like that in in Queens or in even in you know Manhattan mm-hmm. uh, yeah I would I would go hit uh, you know state sales all the time I just they don't exist here, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, I got lucky. One of the ones that I went to this weekend, you know, there were the there was a bunch of records. There weren't most of them were great, but there were some really good like '60s and '70s country records in there that I picked up. So yeah, it's always a crapshoot, but it's a fun one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, you know, it's all Bob. I haven't gone record. You know, record stores don't really exist as much anymore, do they? Uh, I mean, there's a few here, but like not really in Queens, you know, and you have to, at least for me, you have to seek it out to Brooklyn and, and it's hard to get from Queens to Brooklyn, which is weird. <laughs> if you don't have a car, if you have a car, it's one thing. If yeah. You if you don't have a car, it's like, you know, it, they make it very, very tough. Yeah. There are, you know, there are a lot of stores here in Portland now. I mean, even more than I think than when you were living here. Wow. I think just people have been opening them up just because there's a market for it. And, uh, you know, some are better than others. That's just the way that that goes. But, you know, the, a lot of the stuff now, even at like, you know, the big everyday music store here, uh, a lot of this stuff is priced a, a little higher than it should be, I think, you know, because, you, know, be, you know, not to get too deep into it, but like back in the day, like everyday music would like cap the, the price of like the really good vinyl, like $4.20, mm-hmm. where now they're you know they're actually you know they're putting collectors prices on it and yeah. even for shitty records that i mean not shitty records but like 
every every record store has got like six copies of Fleetwood Mac's Rumors in there. Right. They, you know, sure. no one needs to pay more than two dollars for that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's you know, I mean, good luck. Good luck with the estate sales because that's the that was really where I found a lot of the gems. You know, uh, it it you got to be persistent, but it it it, it pays off for sure. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to end the show with um, someone we both know. Someone probably is, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe a lot of the listeners are are more knowledgeable about the new stuff, and they know all your tunes. Um, but uh, I'm guessing if if it's a bunch of old farts like me who, <laughs> who know who know the uh, you know '90s indie rock and the earlier stuff, this is maybe the best known artist we're going to play. And this is I'm going to play a track from Liz Fair. But before she ever released a record, this is from the the girly sound tapes um, from her first one. Wow! Uh, have you heard? Are you familiar with those? I, I am. Yeah, it's okay. one of those things that that thanks to the internet, I've, been, I've luckily been able to listen to. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll play it and then we'll talk a little bit about it because um, you know when this stuff was was coming out in ninety one, ninety two, ninety three, before even Exile and Guyville. Um, yeah, it was it was. Uh, kind of made it a big splash in its own sense. But um, let's check it out. It's uh, Liz Fair, Girly Sounds. I'm going to play the divorce song. And it's it's funny, this one, uh, the, the audio that I have of it, takes about seven seconds to start. So there we go. When you did the things you said up to me and the keys 
Is fair divorce song classic so yeah of course that was re-recorded for her first record exile and guyville but uh you know on her first demo tape i guess if you want to call it we'll call it demo tape because back then the the tape scene 91 you know were you maybe i mean we're only a few years apart in age but maybe you know yeah. i was i was 20 when that was recorded in 91 you were 16, right? Right. Um, and maybe at that point, the, the age difference was, was actually somewhat n- notable because I was in college. I was buying, or not buying, yeah, I mean, I guess I was buying seven inches. I was buying cassettes. I was following, like, the shrimper label, Lou Barlow, right. the Mountain Goats. You know, I would uh, wait for the Ajax catalog. Did you ever get the Ajax oh, yeah. Cat- yeah. And I would... Yeah. You know, that was, in a lot of ways, that was what I would use. That was almost my record reviews. I would buy the catalog, and whatever uh, Tim from Ajax wrote a big, long review about it, told me that he liked it, and I would check it out. So I didn't actually buy any of these um, Liz Fair tapes, but a friend of mine had them and, and played them, and, you know, it was like, it was kind of at the time, sort of mind-blowing because you had Lou and, you know, John from the Mountain Goats and you had all the shrimper stuff and you had all these generally guys making Mm -hmm. home recordings on four tracks. And there were a few women that were doing things. You know, there was Mary Lou Lord. There was, um, you know, the the Courtney Love, you know, the the K record stuff. The Courtney Love, not... Not Courtney Love the Woman, but Courtney Love the Band with Lois Maffeo. Um, but it was just this out of the blue, not connected to a label, just this woman in Chicago doing her own thing, putting out her own tapes. And the songs that she was writing were very, very, very good. But not only that, very like, just this weird mix of dark humor and really, really honest sexuality that was like nothing around at the time at all especially from a woman and it was like what the hell is this what the hell is this 
there wasn't a lot of you know I, I there there was some of that with the riot girl scene too but there wasn't a lot of you know aggression or anger behind her music either it was very very poppy stuff very catchy songs that was but very like you said very honest about you know what the subject matter was well yeah and in and about like with the rat with the riot girls it was much more about empowerment and it was much more about i mean I, I don't know. It's 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 slightly different from Liz Fair's approach, which was, I mean, she was singing about wanting to go have sex with guys, you know, right. like like in not in a predatory way, but like in the same way guys would sing about having sex with girls. Like it was just yeah. it was like normal, you know. And then she's singing about relationships, like in that song, you know, she's you know the line about uh, it's harder to be friends than lovers and you wouldn't want to mix the two because if you do it and you're still unhappy then the problem is you know is probably you like right <laughs> that sort of honesty was completely rare at the time like i can't think of any woman that was doing anything at least in the indie rock scene that was was close to that so i think that's why there was such a huge buzz about her um yes and you know that's why matador i think without even meeting her signed her and released that record that first record of hers but uh you know it's it's almost a shame because you know i think she tried to to become popular and you know it's like i think people forget how just at the time that how different that was and how uh, you know it was it was completely like now it almost feels like yeah okay there's there's a lot of that kind of confessional stuff but at the time 25 26 years ago it was um there was really kind of nothing like it that's true now for you as a as a, as a listener do you gravitate more towards the early you know demo you know sounding versions of these songs rather than the cleaned up stuff that she's done with those with a lot of those songs since it depends i mean there's some of those songs on the demos that just feel like demos and they don't feel like complete songs and it's like yeah, oh, yeah the, the full version was was actually what so much better like um uh, you know what's that is i never never known i can't even remember the name of the song but the um it, i think it's some called something different on the on the girly sound tapes than on exile and guyville um but you know the one I'm talking about. It's like never, never said nothing. Yeah. Um, like the the rec- the full recorded version is much much better than the demo version. But like the 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 fully fleshed out songs like divorce song that I just played, I think they completely stand up on their own because it's just her. It doesn't need to be anything more than just her and the guitar and her vocals. Um, right. And I think both times I've seen her play, that's all I've gotten was just her and a guitar, and it's been fantastic both times. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard any of her more recent stuff? <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. I, you know, uh, like you said, I think she, over the last couple of years, like kind of embraced this idea of wanting to be a pop star almost, and wanting to be maybe you know maybe more on the level of I don't know, like a Sean Colvin or something like that, or just trying to try to break through in in that way. But then. I'm trying to think of the name of this record she did. Uh, I think it was Fun yeah. Style was the record that she did yeah. like about seven years ago. It's just like absolutely almost unlistenable. That it's just like you know weird like rap experiments that she's doing on there and other just you know oddball really poppy you know stuff trying to get like you know I think it's it almost feels like a parody of like what radio pop is in this era, but it just does not fly at all. Is that the one where on I think it's the first track she name drops John Mayer? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. She, I think Dave Matthews had a hand in producing that too, oh. which is like, okay, yeah, whatever, you yep. know, I'll just, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, anyway, um, I, I would, but, I would much rather remember, you know, I mean, geez, when she's singing about like, you know, I was almost going to play fucking run where she says, you know, like, uh, you know, even when I was 17, it's all fucking run. Even when I was 12, you know, right. like, like, like when you drop that line, like it's yeah. completely unexpected. Yeah. So. I think that's, that's why, uh, from what I understand, there's going to be another reissue of Exile and Guyville coming out, uh, next year for the 25th anniversary. So everyone still just gravitates towards that record. And for good reason, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean the song, it's the songs I think still hold up. So absolutely. Yeah. Um, regardless of whatever came in, and, and, you know, she recorded a few good records afterwards and, you know, occasionally there's good songs and maybe if she's listening, um, you know, uh, hopefully we haven't <laughs> offended her too much with her, her more recent stuff, but, uh, yeah, no, don't disrespect Miss Fair. Seriously. Yes, exactly. No, I'm a fan. I'm still um, a fan. Exactly. All right. Well, well, Bob, thank you so much. Um, really enjoyed having you on and talking to you and it's been too long and hopefully it'll be, um, much, what are you doing later this week? Do you want to do another one? Of these? <laughs> I'm actually going to be out of town, so I uh, can't do one later this week. But we'll, we should do this again if the, if okay. uh, Mr. Nastanovich goes out of town. Yeah, again. well, he's he's gone for a few weeks, so uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll find a way to get you on here again. But I I, I really had fun, and um, I, I thank you. Hopefully, uh, uh, hopefully others uh, enjoyed it as much as I did. I, I hope so as well. Thanks again for asking me, man. All right. Well, um, take care, and thank you everyone for listening. This was uh, episode 29, Three Songs Podcast. I'm Mike Hogan. This was Bob Ham, and uh, appreciate you listening.